you know so it's it's the the things i write in my book are really speaking out of the the many ways in which chaos puts us in bad spots and i i'll share bad stories from my own life you know how and what things really helped me to see god um from a dark place which is what we need you know we don't need to your point we don't need someone you know when someone's down and out it's, it's shouting at them is not super helpful you know right. we gotta come to them uh, with our own level of humanness um because that's the only starting point uh <laughs> everybody welcome back to another episode of it is what it is podcast like it's a special episode so i brought the suit out today i don't usually bring the suit out much unless it's that type of episode but i had to bring the energy because i got somebody super super exciting just released the new book i want to get into it i want to know why why you should purchase it it's going to be a fun episode but look if you want to keep seeing amazing influencers amazing leaders in all aspects of life business faith sports entertainment you know what you got to do subscribe to the youtube page cvmk all you got to do is literally put in the search bar cvmk instagram cvmk33 cvmk underscore global it is what it is page underscore show fan base cvmk <laughs> i mean tiktok cvmk globe there's a reoccurring theme. You know what it is. C-B-M-K. But without further ado, I have a guest. Went to college with this brother. And I'm looking forward. You know, I saw him post that, you know, he's been working on this project and he's releasing it. And I'm always interested in learning and discovering just why the reasons for what we do. So with no other delay, Phil, how you doing today? What's up, Cody? I love the energy you bring, brother. <laughs> look, look, I got to bring it. It's cold out. So I grew this beard. You got to bring yeah, the warm up. <laughs> you sound great, bro. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. But Phil, uh, you know, for the audience, if they're not familiar with your work and who you are, just tell them a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, I'm Phil. I'm publishing my first book. I was a blogger for like 15, 20 years. And then God put it on my heart to write my first book um, a couple years ago. And here I am, uh, about to publish in less than two weeks. Whoo! It's yeah. coming out. So by the time you see this, the book will be out. But look, I'm super excited. Thank you for that. We're going to get into the book. I want to know. I want to know the book. I want to know the the author behind the book, right? Like there's the story, and then there's the writer of the story, and I want to see how the two align and see really where we can take this. Uh, but just a quick word from our sponsors. There's a hero in all of us waiting to be unleashed. All it takes is just that one last push. Activate the hero within with CVMK Global Supplements. All natural, steroid-free, designed to enhance performance, build muscle, and increase energy. You are unstoppable. You can do this. Become your own hero at www.cbmkglobal.store. Y'all get the supplements. You see what I hear? I got it. Got superpower with me. I had to bring it out. Usually I don't always bring it out. 
we just released the new creatine super thick, but look, I got the pre-workout superpower, transform the vegan protein. Get it today, www.cvmkglobal.store. So, Phil, um, the book, you know, yeah. you don't just write a book, right? You don't just wake up one day like, you know what? I think I'm going to put the pen to the pad. I think I'm going to unleash some content and write a book. What made you do it? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I wrote a book. Uh, the book I'm writing is book called Rhythms of Resilience, Faith Practices to Thrive in Chaos. You know, I feel like that word chaos resonates with a lot of people these last couple of years because that's like what everyone has experienced, you know, the last couple of years with mm -hmm. pandemic and social unrest, you know, and we had a, the craziest elections, you know, and I feel like our country is getting crazier and crazier every day that passes, you know, and that's just you know, in the public, Let's not even talking about my own, our own personal lives, you know, with advent of technology, you know, uh, recession, you know, the word chaos emotionally evokes a lot of things. It, it doesn't me, you know, and as a believer, I, I saw the effects that chaos had in my own life, you know, it made me anxious, made me depressed, made me act you know, like crowd mentality, you know, mm. sell by whatever the fear or the greed is at the current moment, you know, mm. and these things are not congruent with our faith, you know, not congruent with what we're how we're supposed to live in life, you know, and so I think there's a great need um, for my life and for, you know, the body of Christ to think about what our what does our faith need to be in order to thrive in these times? Because these are not normal times anymore. The uh, concept of Christianity living in blue skies and in peaceful times is its just not true. And it's never been true. You know, the Bible is written in literal conflict. You know, right. there, there's tears and blood written to make this happen, you know. So if anything, we're going back to the context of the Bible, you know. And if that's the case, then how do we engage with God in such a way? How do we live our lives in such a way that, you know, we don't lose our connection with God, um, which is where it all starts, you know? How do we live with a sense of clarity when everyone is confused? How do we have supernatural peace when everyone is anxious? And then, ha and then lastly, how do we be fruitful when everyone is just holding on for dear life, you know? So um, that's kind of why I wrote this book. I, I wanted to do this in my own life, and I wanted to share this message uh, with others uh, through the things I've learned and the things that I practiced. Um, so that's kind of really the, the origin of the book. I like that. So Rhythms of Resilience, Faith Practices to Thrive in Chaos. I yeah. think the title is more than appropriate. Uh, yeah. It is amazing. Yeah. I think you're right. It does evoke a certain ethos. Yeah. Um, and I totally agree as a believer myself, as the scripture rings true as it was in the days of Noah. So yeah. shall it be in the end. Yeah. When this is where I ask for clarity and, sure. and, and let me paint the picture. A lot of times, and I've had many authors on here, right? I've had, you know, uh, pastors, uh, entrepreneurs, you know, and their books to me, they're, they're good, but I always feel like there's this one thing that they didn't to me spend enough time on what was that 
And that's transparency. And I, what I mean by that, because you talked about the herd mentality, like how transparent, like, like, and I'm not saying like, man, I woke up and I didn't shave and I'm like stupid like that. But I mean, like, hey, I mean, moments of true imperative weakness. And from this breaking point, all of truth kind of just unfolded before you, because my fear, not a fear, but what I've kind of grown accustomed to is that particularly when it comes to writings that are centered in faith, the centered in some aspect of help, the, the style of writing is sermonistic. Nothing wrong with that. It's beautiful. But there's to me an absence of a narrative or storytelling, right? Like mm-hmm. that the character is to be mirrored, like you're supposed to see yourself, but sometimes the like I woke up and I drank coffee for the first time. The coffee wasn't as sweet and it wasn't as caffeinated. I mean, the real details that go into and maybe I'm getting into the weeds of this, but because um, some of us read to get lost. Right. Like there's an edutainment escaping. Um, yeah. So for you, I want to know, like, did you go down this path of true transparency? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, as Christians, we can only help out of our weakness. You True. know, you know. I the the things I write in my book are things I'm trying to pursue in my own life. You know, mm-hmm. and I get rattled when things get crazy in public. You know, or it's easy to get rattled in my own personal life. It's it's quite wild as well. You know, um, I have a full time job, yeah. writing, married, yeah. serving at church. I got three kids under six, one on the way, you know, uh, so juggling a lot, you know, I think, I feel like a lot of people are, people have their own juggles. That's my personal juggle, you know, and it's very easy to, for, to get lost in the noise. You know, I think with that and combined when, you know, you read the news and next catastrophe has happened, you know, I can get, we can get in a pretty tough spot, you know, myself included, we get fixated, you know? So it's, it's the, the things I write in my book are really speaking out of the, the many ways in which chaos puts us in bad spots. And I, I'll share bad stories from my own life, you know, how, and what things really helped me to see God um, from a dark place, which is what we need. You know, we don't need to your point. We don't need someone, you know, when someone's, down and out it's, it's shouting at them is not super helpful you know right. we gotta come to them uh, with our own level of humanness um because that's the only starting point uh which we everyone can begin their own journey you know so I, I hope it's transparent in that sense no i i like it i i, I like it i think that you know there's um when it comes to a creative, when it comes to sharing God's word, his spirit, his truth through the human condition, it is a weird dance uh, because particularly, I think, and you mentioned, first of all, congratulations on the, on the baby to come and the, <laughs> the babies that you have. That's an amazing accomplishment. Um, when you're juggling and you're a leader, you're a leader in your own home, you're a leader, like I said, you're serving a church, you're a leader in the faith community. 
people love superheroes, right? There's a reason why Marvel can put out a superhero Disney Plus show or movie and it always does well, even if it's not that great, right? It's because people love superheroes. But the truth of the matter is every superhero has a weakness, Right, like there's not a superhero that cannot be beaten, or that would be no fun. Right, and as much as we acknowledge it, when we actually see it, we become, you know. And for me, I'm always wondering how much do you share, if any? Right, do I have to be because I mean, obviously, like you want to please the Lord, right? You want a life that is reflective of Him and His grace and what He's done for you and is doing in and through you, but that is a process, and you can't just, you know, say, like, man, today, look, <laughs> I, you know, I almost said so, wow, today, boy, I want to, you know, today was about to be one of those smoking days, like it was, it was, you know, as much as you want to say that, you can't. And the reasons why you can't is because other people. And I think sometimes it's easier to celebrate destination and overgloss current station. Right? So when you talk about chaos, like the chaos of it all, and mm. I, I know because I know you're talented. And like what you, you talked about, just turning on the TV and the things of the, of the world that would just kind of alarm you. You know, a lot has happened. So for me and for the audience over this past couple of years, what triggered you? <laughs> what triggered me? Um, I'll, I'll share a story that I think made it uh, in my book. This one time I was... Um, this was in the beginning of or summer of 2020 when like things were going real south, you know, yeah. at least in LA, it was going pretty south, you know, and I was in this garden um, just chilling by myself. It's like beautiful, you know, of all things um, should be peaceful. It's beautiful. It's literally like 70 degrees, sunny in California. It's the best day ever, you know? Um, and at that time, masks were still required, you know, um, and I just like, I'm outside. I'm just like chilling by myself and I like to take off my mask, you know? And somebody like comes up to me and was like, dude, put on your mask, you know? And for some reason, I don't, couldn't explain it. Sure. I was just like, I lost it, you know? I was just like, I just like, I was like, dude, I'm not even close to you, dude. Chill out, you know? And we like gotten this like not a physical, we got like this verbal shout match, you know? And I was at that point, I was like, and I like walked away to my car fuming. And I was, I was like, I knew I was wrong in my head, you know, but in my heart, I was like, what the hell just happened? Like, how did I get like that? Like, you know, when people think of idyllic scenery, like I'm in the most peaceful place ever, but there wasn't peace in here, you know, when there's no peace in here, it doesn't matter what's, pieces out there you know it just takes a little light and it kind of lights something um bad inside of me and that's when i realized um i had a lot of unprocessed um grieving that i needed to do about you know that year that uh you know like having grief is a is a major trigger for a lot of people you know for me I think a week, like a week or two ago, my, my kid's school shut down because, you know, they had to, they had to shut down. 
they didn't shut down. They closed because no tuition was coming in. You know, I guess they were kind of already kind of bleeding and COVID just put them over the edge. So I'm like holding my kid who's crying because her school, she'll never see her classmates again. You know, I was grieving. I didn't realize this. I was grieving the sense of normalcy, you know, Mm -hmm. enjoying life when it was going, what it was before, you know, I remember driving around that time. It was like a, it was like a ghost town. You know, I was like, wow, like all, all my favorite mom and pop shots are like, they're going to, they're going to go, you know, and all that stuff was inside of me, you know, and I felt like that's probably true for a lot of people where we just have so much junk inside of us. And to your point, what do we get triggered by? It's like, what don't we get triggered by when there's, when there's, there's pain or there's um, grief or in some cases there's trauma within us, you know, Uh it triggers us. It's not the thing that triggers us. It's our own junkiness that allows us to be triggered. We get offended. I get offended. We get angry. We get bitter. You know, we get anxious because inside of me is not at peace. This right here is not aligned with what God says about what this should be, you know? And when that's, when I have no, I don't have Jesus' peace inside of me, that's when the enemy can hook us and we become our worst selves, you know? So that's why I think I talk um, in my book, I I talk about four major rhythms, you know, um, that I think every believer needs in order to thrive in chaos. Um, One is leaving their context, you know, just temporarily withdrawing. Number two is being still before God. Uh, Number three is confronting ourselves, confronting our own demons. And number four is returning to the world, you know? So those are the four rhythms I'll talk about. So that third one is what I'm, what I'm talking about right now, which is confronting our own demons, you know, which is something when things get crazy, people don't want to do, you know, it's way easier to talk about other people's problems. It's way easier to talk about, well, this guy is crap on TV or that political party sucks or that politician is the evil person. It's it's so, so easy to do that versus saying, I actually feel anxious because of X, Y, Z. It's so hard to, it's so easy to look at the speck in someone else's eye and not see the plank in my own eye. And I feel like in order to be resilient in chaos and to, to your point, not be triggered, it requires a level of introspection in our faith. It requires to take Jesus's words very seriously, which is not look at the speck in someone's eye, to look at the plank in my own eye. Why don't I have peace? Why don't I have, why have Christ's peace? You know, the only peace I give to the world is the peace that I have myself. And if I don't have that, there's no way I'm going to survive in chaos, let alone thrive in chaos, you know? So, um, you know, your, your, your points about transparency being triggered, they all center around owning my own stuff with, with the Holy spirit looking inward, you know, deep inside versus looking outward, which is where I think most people are putting their attention on. You, you brought up in the, in the fourth rhythm, you said returning to the world. Um, I think that's an interesting one because, uh, sometimes in movements, right, and, and even in faith communities, it's easy to become isolated and yeah. almost separate, right? Because you 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 internally say, "Well, this is bad; they're bad." You know, for us to live a life that is truly based on what we believe, you know, there has to be this subtraction and detachment, right? Uh, but you go in the opposite of this route. You talk about return. What does returning 
and and the reason why I ask that, I have a I've been having this debate um, in these times, and as the scripture is Matthew twenty five, right? To say if this is the end times, depending on how you interpret this dispensation, whatever in this time of chaos, time whatever, whatever, whatever. whatever. The role of the believer, like mm-hmm. how engaged should we be? Obviously, we know we want to win souls to the kingdom. What does that look like? Should we start businesses? Should we pursue? Should I do this podcast? You know, like should how active am I if I'm just literally counting down, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are what are those practices that you recommend for uh, society to return? back in this uh, fellowship of harmony? That's a loaded question. It um, is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's why it is what it is. We load questions all year. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, to answer your question, um, yeah, we are meant to be in the world. You know, I feel like, so a lot of my practices are drawn from monastic traditions, you know, okay. which are, stuff that was foreign to me until I went to seminary, you know, and I had to look at some really old texts to understand what was really going on. And then I realized, wow, there's a lot of power in this, but to your point, we can't stay in a desert forever. You know, we can't stay in retreat mode forever. You know, we've called, we're called to be light and salt in the world. And a lot of my practices do involve and require us to be away, which is, I see that in the life of Jesus. He withdrew constantly. He went to a mountain by himself. He went to the lake by himself, you know, but at the same time, he was fully present in the moment. He was, you know, so there are practices that we need to, that we can't always afford leaving, you know, but some, but we always need to stay connected, you know? So I'll talk about a few, including um, what I call one second prayers. You know, those are things that you just say one second prayers, you know, you don't have time to get in the closet and, and pray, you know, for 20 minutes, which, which is great, you know, but sometimes, you know, your boss asks you a question or a hard question, or, you know, I don't know about you, but I get in tough conversations all the time. People throw curveballs at me and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to say in this moment, you know, and I need that practice of, I'm going to say this thing. I'm going to ask God for help in this one second, you know, and most off more often than not, God helps me out, you know, um, so those are things that, uh, those, those are one of the practices I talk about in order to, of, of staying in the world. Uh, there's others, uh, including, um, kind of the type of fellowship that we need, you know, in order to stay grounded. Um, uh, there's a practice of, of Sabbath dinners that I'll talk about. Um, so those are, um, things I think are really critical for us to, to stay engaged and to live in a greater life. More, uh, on the, um, these uh, one word prayers. Um, I think that's an interesting concept. Uh, and then I'm going to do some digging. And this, I think it just popped in my mind. So just a quick word uh, from our sponsors. I literally just tried the best pre-workout on the planet. With Superpower pre-workout, you have increased focus and a power boost every single time you work out. It's not only packed with 225 milligrams of caffeine, but it also has citrulline and creatine. It's insane how much energy and focus I had during my workouts. If you're ready to take your workouts to the next level, then dish your current pre-workout and get the superpower pre-workout to be your own hero. Y'all, what are y'all missing? Look, it's right here. www.cvmkglobal.store. I'm going to do one for you. I'm going to give you 20% off. LTD3 is the code. www.cvmk.com. 
global.store hashtag superpower. Hey, so so we talk about this one word prayer and you mentioned that the believer cannot, you know, look, you know, obviously you got to set aside time, but for a lot of us, particularly then this Monday through Friday kind of toil, um, you know, then, you know, ready for work, you know, whatever, whatever. Uh, and it's like, man, I really need to read my devotional. I really need to worship. I don't have time for, uh, you know, Tosh Cobb, Hillsong, anything by Stephen Furtick. Uh, I actually just got to listen to Gucci Mane. How can I give God, <laughs> how can I give God glory? I was full transparent. How can I give God glory in this one? What is a one word prayer? So the inspiration of this is uh, in the book of Nehemiah. Um, right. Nehemiah. Uh, if you remember, he's this guy that's they're exiled right now, you know, right. so he's living in a foreign nation and he's a cupbearer to the king, you know. Yeah. And so in the opening chapters, he gets summoned by the king and he's really sad because he heard that Jerusalem is in ruins, you know, so he's he can't hide his sadness. And so he's cupbearing for the king and the king asks him a question. He's like, Nehemiah, why are you so sad? You know, and it says that Nehemiah prayed to the God of heaven. Mm. And then he then has this long speech that sets the motion for the king to send Nehemiah to repair the ruins. Okay. So backtrack that. King asks him a question. You know, why are you sad? And then it says, Nehemiah, pray to the God of heaven. I, when I read that, I go, no way Nehemiah left, go somewhere else and, right. and pray. Like he was, he was in the moment, yeah. you know? He was in the moment. That was the inspiration for it. You know, it's a, a lot of times we're in the moment. We can't afford to, to leave, but we have the connection with the Holy Spirit, you know. So it's really about tuning our hearts and minds in the moment, in a moment of where we, we it's a critical decision that needs to be made, you know, and we need the Holy Spirit's help. So one second prayer is literally just a once one line prayer. I, I, I kind of talk about building a repertoire of, one second prayers. My favorite ones are like, they're so simple. It's just like, help me, Holy Spirit. You know, tell me what to say, Holy Spirit. What do you think, Holy Spirit? You know, just little things like that, just for my, just for my spirit to, to, to lean in a little bit to what, what God's presence is doing at that very moment, you know, and then God gives him the answer. Like he may have made some mistakes. He may have fumbled through it, but whatever he said, accomplished what God wanted to do. And that's really what we want to do. It doesn't matter if it's a work meeting, we're talking with our spouse, you know, we're talking with our kids, it's going to be a hard conversation, you know, kind of that, that's the, the goal of that, that crazy thing um, in terms of those are the things, those are the kind of the tools I feel like we need to develop, you know, to your point, I can't just put on my headphones and listen to worship music, you know, and get this, this crazy revelation, you know, I got to stay connected in the subtle, subtle ways of life, you know. Sure. Sure. What, what is interest? What has been um, not an interesting development because it's always been here. It's been here since you know the days of the disciples. Some say I'm of Paul. Some say I'm of Peter. Is Christ divided? Um, as much has occurred and will occur. It doesn't seem to me when I think of, you know, your writing, it doesn't seem that with all of our instructions, this unifying message uh, or the unity that should be within the body of Christ seems absent. 
right? You're a leader in the faith community. Um, it seems like there's issues that the church is split on, right? You can name the issues, you know. Uh, when injustice happens, it seems like some mainstream voices become super, super silent. When other issues arise, they become super, super loud. <laughs> and it has created a raft and a disconnect. No, I won't even say disconnect because it's always been there. Is it? It's just as uh, the feelings of resurgence, right, has come about. Why do you think we, we, hmm, let me phrase this better. Why do you think? The body of Christ, I'm not talking about individually. I'm sure there's examples. I mean, there are examples, but as a whole, has not yet entered into this understanding of kinship and brotherhood with uh, the naming of the Lord. And and obviously, yes, we I'm sure there are, you know, individuals and doctrines that should not be. But for the most part, I will say we like to divide more than we like to unite. What is the biggest challenge there? I think the I think the biggest challenge is that things are too peaceful. Hmm, that's interesting. Let me explain what I mean by that. Okay. Um, you know, in persecuted countries, like church division is a lot less common in my experience. You know, hmm. um, uh, and there's a really interesting book that I read last year called Tribes. You know, it's a non-Christian book. They talked about the concept of why people form tribes. You know. And it's very interesting. They were interviewing um, uh, war survivors of, you know, people that lived in a bunker when World War II was happening, you know. And they felt a tremendous sense of guilt when they said this. But they said, you know, I actually miss the times of war, you know, because those were like the warmest of times. We would gather in a bunker together and it would be like my neighbor I never met. We would share food, we would share clothes and it was dangerous very dangerous but in some sense those were the warmest of times because i was most united with those people around me you know the, the thesis of the book is in the in the absence of a common enemy we will fight amongst ourselves wow you know do you hold that as true i, I do hold that as true okay. you know so to your question of why 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 is a church divided? It, I'm not propo proposing war. <laughs> I'm just saying, for the last like Amer because America is so prosperous, you know, yeah, yeah. we we infight about the dumbest things, yeah. you know, um, and we don't have the sense of a common enemy. The church doesn't, you know. To your point, the narratives that we pay attention to reflect our our tribes biases right yeah you know some certain stories that ring true or pain your heart don't pain mine and vice versa yeah and the, the reason for that is because the church as a whole you know the, it, it almost i'm i'm not propo a proponent of it but it seems like that matthew 25 that generation yeah there's a lot of persecution you know and conflict against the church and to right. me you almost need that environment before we realize, like, guy, we're on the same team. Like, yeah. like literally trying to kill us. Like, we're really going to fight about communion right now? 
really gonna fight about you know this little doctrine right here like they're literally trying to they're gonna they're gonna kill us are you my brother or are you not and it's that point when we realize uh what our common fight is together that we can actually bond and then the the big fight diminishes the small fights that we 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 fight about i don't know if that makes sense but that's that's my thought no i think it does i think it does i think there's a, a good concise um depiction of why right i i do think that particularly in america because traditionally uh faith has been welcomed historically not yeah, at, yeah. on some level on some level yeah, let, yeah. Me, let me put a <laughs> caveat right there on some level it's considered a great resume builder you know like, oh a person of integrity or you know so oh okay we celebrate christmas you know so it's 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 been this unifying principle not uh, exemplified, obviously, like I always say this, if it was truly, slavery wouldn't have happened. So, but at the same time, it has been a default status quo in some aspects. But I say now it's easier to lose against a bad team when you don't have coaching and the players don't get along. <laughs> you know, and what I mean by that is you talking about the Bulls right now? No, no, never, never. You know, I'm prone to a piece of love, you know. But uh, I, I'd say that the internal discords, you know, and like you said, even petty stuff. We ain't talking even big stuff. We're not even talking about stuff to march on. We're talking about, like, you know, baptisms, you know, when to worship the Lord. Is it Saturday or Sunday? We're talking about, I mean, really things that have no true weight. We have made a mountain out of. And this mountain has stalled others' growths, um, and it has created a scenic or a, 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 a landscape that, to the unbeliever, isn't worth seeing. Uh, mm-hmm. Something I've been trying to focus on for myself is I want the glory of Christ to be present in the ugliness of who I can be, things I can aspire to. And that you can see beauty in the midst of ashes, right? And so instead of allowing my ash to say, hey, look, my ash is greater than your ash, Phil, you know, <laughs> you know, and I think that's the talk. We're talking about like comparative suffering, which is a dangerous topic, right? My ash is better, you know, my ash hurts more. Like ash is ash. It's not like there's a favorable pain. Like, man, I love the fact I only broke my arm and I'm a leg, you know, like, so I, I think that's a very dangerous talk trap but phil you've been amazing i appreciate you brother where can they get the book where can they follow you where can they support you yeah thanks so much uh, you can find me on instagram at this is phil chan and the book's coming out december 17th on amazon barnes and nobles and i think various other bookstores online so it'll be available in paperback and then soon after can it be available cool y'all connect with phil get the book rhythms of resilience faith practices to thrive in chaos. Follow him on the ground. Connect with your boys. Send him a shout out like AFL. Do what you do. I want to learn more. I want to support. Support him. Follow him. And church, uh, even the faith-based community, they want to support your ministry field. Where can they connect with you? Uh, Those, yeah. Same right? Yeah. Instagram. Y'all connect yeah. with him on Instagram. Uh, also, follow your boys, CVMK, uh, on the YouTube, CVMK33, CVMK underscore global. It is what it is. Uh, underscore show, CVMK globe, TikTok, 
everywhere. You know where it is, CVMK. And you know what? If you really want to get those results, I got to show it one more time. www.cvmkglobal.store. Until next time, guys. Thanks. Thanks for watching. If you want to keep seeing amazing content, please subscribe at CVMK.